My name is Matthew Becker. I'm a husband, a level one CrossFit trainer, a CrossFit affiliate owner, personal trainer, Olympic lifting coach, lawyer, blogger, employer, mentor. Oh, and I own a retired racing greyhound. I have a lot on my plate and I gotta keep moving forward. In business, they say if you aren't growing, you are dying. So to keep moving forward, I have to improve by 1% every day. It's called the aggregation of marginal gains. It requires me to optimize my life as much as possible. On the Stronger Revolution podcast, I share strategies with you so that you can improve your life by 1% every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Stronger Revolution. As the introduction said, my name is Matthew Becker. Before we get started into the episode today, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a five-star rating, leave us a review so that you can tell other people about this great show that you're listening to and they can share in the knowledge that you are gaining, and make sure that you click subscribe so that the new episodes automatically download and you get alerts that tells you that there's a new episode for you to, to listen to. If you're listening over on Spotify, please click follow, um, so that way, again, you get those alerts and automatic downloads whenever we release a new episode. All right, let's get into episode number seven. Today, we are going to talk about assessing choices. In episode number six, we started to talk about the decision-making process, and at the end of the episode, I left you with the thought that you should be able to boil down every decision that you have to make into one of two options. You either do it or you don't do it. And by taking any decision and looking at it as only one of those two options, the idea is that it should help to clear out some of the cloudiness or fogginess that can come along with making decisions. One reason that we might have this cloudiness in our brain when trying to make a decision is by the idea of paralysis by analysis. So we just have too many options, we have too many possibilities, there are too many factors to consider, and therefore we just can never make a decision because we're constantly trying to look at the different options. Um, another prime example of this was I was uh, looking, my wife's encouraging me to replace my my car, right? It's time to get a new car. And Personally, I don't think there's much wrong with the car, but whatever. I will upgrade. Um, There are some advantages to getting a new car, but regardless, that has nothing to do with the point. The point is, I'm a, a creature of habit, and there's a really good chance that I'm simply just going to go back to the same dealership and deal with the same salesman and buy the same exact vehicle that I currently have, just the upgraded model. But just to appease myself, the other night, I went ahead and pulled out my computer and I started looking at other vehicles of a similar nature to the one that I have. And one of the things that I discovered was, as I looked around at the different manufacturers of vehicles, some manufacturers have a ton of vehicles. In their lineup, there's like 20 different vehicles. Now, the particular manufacturer of the vehicle that I'm, I'm looking to buy only offers like six different options. But when I was looking at some of these other manufacturers, there's like 20 different options. And then you go to another manufacturer and there's like another five options. And you go to another manufacturer and, 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 you know, like before long, it's like 
I don't even want to look around because the process of looking around, I'm just going to end up constantly making this comparison to this vehicle, to this vehicle, to this vehicle, and which one has this feature, and which one has this feature, and what is the price? And before I know it, I'm going to be like two weeks into this process, and I'm not even going to be remotely close to making a decision because there's just going to be too many things to consider. I'm going to be effectively be paralyzed by an overanalysis of my options. So paralysis by analysis, that's a perfect example. But that's one of the, the things that can really start to impact our decision-making process. And so by taking any decision and trying to look at it as only having the option of do or do not, then we can start to eliminate some of that paralysis by analysis. And then the other thing that I hoped that looking at a decision as one of two options uh, will help is to then quiet down some of the outside noise that comes into your decision-making process also. Quiet down some of the opinions, quiet down some of the arguments, quiet down other people's statements about what you should or shouldn't do. Okay, so where are we going today? Most likely, during the last episode, or at some point after you listened to the episode when you were thinking back and contemplating what I was talking about in the episode, a question probably entered your brain, which was something along the lines of, can I really boil down decisions into one of two options, do or do not? Because right now, when I'm sitting here trying to decide which ice cream I'm going to eat, I can't just boil it down to two decisions. Like it's really hard, you know, and, and I'm talking about something so silly as like ice cream, but uh, extrapolate that out to any decision that you need to make. Can you really boil it down into just one or two options? And really the answer is most likely not, right? It's really hard to take a decision, boil it down because there are just so many factors that influence our decision-making process. You know, like, how much is this decision going to cost? What are the long-term incremental costs of the decision I'm about to make? Another example, um, I used to get into discussions with people about different business decisions. And people would say, well, you just have to make the decision. You have to go for it. And yeah, it might cost some money now, but there's a chance that you could make a lot more money in the future. And I would look at them and say, well, that's great. But I kind of need cash now because I got to pay a mortgage, right? Like, it's great that you're already up there in some stratosphere of success financially in your business and you can afford to make a $3,000 or $5,000 decision because, you know, that money is sort of pennies to you. But here I am down here in my first two years of business, $3,000 is a heck of a lot of money at certain points in a small business. And I can't just take that $3,000 and spend it on something in hopes that I'm going to get a return on that plus more. You know, because a loss of that $3,000 is, is a potentially a very big cost. Also, a lot of times you need to think about your decisions in the sense of who else is going to be impacted by this. I've used an example quite a few times about um, getting a new job. You know, you, you have this option. You could go out and you could get a new job. Um, and then you're going to have all of this influence as to whether or not you should take this new job. In last episode, I, should, I challenged you to sort of look at that and say not whether or not you should get a, a new job or what your parents think about you getting a new job, but 
do you want the job or don't you want the job? Do you need the job? Do you not need the job? Do you do it or don't you do it? Right? And try to look at them in those very simple uh, terms. But really, in reality, uh, if I'm going to go get a new job, there are other people who are influenced. Unless I'm a single guy and I have no financial responsibility to anybody or anything, I don't have a house um, that I have a mortgage on, I don't have a car payment, I don't have a dog or a cat or any other animal, then maybe I really could boil it down to I either do it or I don't do it because I really I'm the only one that's going to be influenced by it. But majority of the people have somebody else in their life, like me and, and my wife. And if I'm going to go get a new job, potentially my wife is going to be influenced or impacted by the fact that I make a decision to go get a new job. So even if I don't listen to my wife, hopefully she doesn't hear that, but even if I even if I don't listen to my wife when she says, don't go take that new job, right? I still have to consider at some point that my decision to go get a new job is going to impact her directly or indirectly at, at the best case scenario, directly at the worst case scenario. So ultimately, while we like to look at decisions as being one of two options, do or do not, there are going to be other things that influence our decision-making process. So what I want to talk about today is how do we start to boil down the process of decision-making? How I keep saying that word. How do we assess a decision to help us make the decision one way or the other in a more easily uh, approachable process. By the end of this episode, I want you to have four or five different ways that you can approach a decision, whether it's an easy decision or a hard decision, and not get caught up with paralysis by analysis, not get caught up by trying to take in other people's opinions and then aligning them with your opinion to determine whether or not you really want to do it. Okay, But these are going to be very neutral and uh, internal processes that hopefully you can use to make a decision that you're happy with that doesn't necessarily involve outside influence because that's we got to be careful about all that outside influence coming in and helping us make a decision that maybe we don't really want to make. All right, so five practical ways to assess a decision. First and the easiest one of all is to look at a decision and determine will this decision impact my health, right? Will this decision help me to survive longer? Will this decision uh, limit my life in any way? Like, uh, do I want to go bungee jumping or not? I don't know. Could impact my life, right? Is that something that is important to me? How strongly do I feel about this decision? Um, I also, you know, I like to use cigarettes a lot in my examples because... I feel like cigarettes are something that are very polarizing. Um, you either smoke uh, or you don't smoke. Uh, you either smoke and you understand that there are negative consequences that you cannot argue against these negative consequences and you have chosen to accept those negative consequences into your life or you don't smoke because you know there are negative consequences and you don't want these negative consequences in your life. And so when we're looking at the first way of assessing a decision whether or not this is going to impact your health, 
Something so easy as cigarettes is a very easy way of illustrating this example. You have a decision. Do you smoke or do you not smoke, right? We've taken that decision. We have two options, do or do not. You either smoke or you don't smoke. If you feel very strongly about your own personal health and you want to be around for a really long time, even though there is no guarantee for that, and you want to be able to continue to improve your life by 1% and live out your purpose every day, then chances are you're going to choose not to smoke. But if you don't really feel that strongly about your health, believe it or not, there are those people out there, then I guess you're going to choose to smoke. So that's the easiest way to assess a decision is to look at yourself personally and determine, is this decision going to impact my health in some way, shape, or form? And then how strongly do I feel about that impact that it's going to have on my health? Okay, number two, ask yourself, how will the decision impact your happiness? We haven't really talked about happiness yet. We will sometime in the future talk about the three primary ways of increasing your happiness. Hopefully, you've realized that one of the reasons that we want to live out our purpose in our life is because by living our purpose, we are all automatically going to increase our happiness. I get up every morning and I go to the gym in order to help improve people's life. Ultimately, I have to accept that that is going to make me happy in some way, shape, or form. And the more I impact somebody's life, the more I see that somebody's life is being improved, the happier I'm going to be. That's not going to be the only thing that provides me happiness, but if it's my purpose, it's going to cause me happiness, right? It's going to bring me happiness. My motivation in life is not to go out and make as much money as I possibly can. So just doing anything in order to bring in money is not going to make me happier because that's not something that is innate in me as a purpose to make money. So the second way is, is to look at a decision and determine how is this decision going to impact your happiness. Oh, also, this has to be something that's a little bit more than like material happiness. Um, we've talked a little bit before about wants and needs. And if you have to determine whether or not you really want something, then you probably don't really want it. Typically, if we want something, then we're going to go out and we're going to get it. And some people might say, well, I need to make a decision about whether I want, whether or not I want, let's continue with the car, whether or not I want this new car. Is it going to make me happier? Well, sure. <laughs> if I go out and I buy a new car, uh, presumably I'm going to sit down in this car and I'm going to start grinning year to year and be like, wow, this is cool. This is a brand new car. And look at all this new stuff. And very temporarily, I'm going to be really happy that I got this new car, but I'm not talking about that kind of happiness, right? This isn't material happiness that I get from buying things. This is sort of an innate, uh, more um, steady, uh, stoic sort of contentment happiness um, that I'm very joyful to be doing what I am doing. I'm very, this decision that I'm going to make that is going to change my life is ultimately going to bring me more satisfaction. Maybe that's a better word, satisfaction in life, right? So that's, that's strategy number two for helping you get through your decisions. Strategy number three, we're going to start to get a little bit more difficult here. Number three, how will my decision align with my core values? We've spent time already 
writing down, looking at, assessing, rewriting our core values uh, that we use to explain how we're going to carry out our purpose. So when I make a decision, I can then look back on those core values and determine, does this decision, or should I say more accurately, which option for this decision, do or do not, more aligns with my core values? Let's assume for a second that I am um, at a supermarket, okay, and I want to buy this, jeez, I don't know, I shouldn't have picked supermarket. Let's go, let's go back. Let's say I'm at Best Buy. That's a little bit more accurate. Let's say I'm at an electronic store, and I'm standing there, and I'm looking at this brand new video game that I really want, but I don't have the, what do video games go for nowadays, like $100? I don't have the $100 to spend on this video game. I now have a choice. I could steal the video game or I could try to go out and do something in order to get that $100 to come back in to, to buy it legally if I really want that video game. So standing there, I have two options. I either steal it, do it, or I don't steal it, I don't do it. Right? I either do or do not. If I really, for whatever reason, struggling over this decision, I can look back at my core values, and one of my core values is not taking things, so making that decision to steal something is not going to align with my core values, therefore I'm not going to do it. That's an oversimplified way of looking at this example, but you get the point. How does the decision, one way or the other, align with your core values? And you use those core values to guide yourself into making these decisions so that you can make the decisions that align more with you, that are going to increase your happiness and ultimately increase your life by 1%. Next, speaking of 1%, option or strategy number four for making decisions is which option will help me improve my life by 1%? Stated a different way. Which option will help me more carry out my purpose in life? If the decision has something to do with your purpose, then whether or not this is actually going to help you carry out your purpose is makes it a really easy way to determine whether or not, or I'm sorry, to make you determine how to assess this decision. So let's use an example from the gym. Okay, so at the gym, we believe in that everything we do we make stronger people. And our core values are to promote healthy lifestyles, to act with humility and to keep an open mind, and to do all things with integrity. So let's say that we have a decision in front of us. Do we want to drop $2,000 to bring some kind of CrossFit celebrity to our gym in hopes that we'll be able to promote this and bring a lot of attention to our gym by having this celebrity here, right? This is a business decision. It's gonna cost us $2,000. Some businesses might not think that's a lot of money. We're a small enough business that I can tell you that $2,000 is still a lot of money. So we have to sit down and look at how are we going to make this decision? Is there an advantage to it? Sure there is. Are there disadvantages to it? Yes, there is. There's a rather high cost to it. So how do we assess this decision? One of the ways is to determine whether or not this decision is going to help us carry out our purpose. If we spend $2,000 to bring in a CrossFit celebrity to help promote our gym, 
Does that help us build stronger people? Will industrial athletics be 1% better if we decide to spend $2,000 to bring in a CrossFit celebrity for an afternoon? Better yet, what if we decide to spend $2,000 on bringing in a mindfulness expert? What if we decide to spend $2,000 to bring in the nation's leading sports medicine physician to talk about knee injuries, hip injuries, back injuries, and shoulder injuries? What if we decide to spend $2,000 to bring in Pittsburgh's leading chiropractor to spend two days adjusting all of our members? Now what is the decision? So yes, now we are, we are still spending the same $2,000, but if we go back to our purpose, and I'm going to say, I want to improve the gym by 1% every day. I want to carry out the gym's purpose by 1% more every day, and in everything we do, we believe in building stronger people, is bringing in the nation's leading sports medicine physician going to help me build stronger people? Probably. There's a lot better chance that that's going to happen than that I'm going to somehow improve the lives of my people simply by bringing in some CrossFit celebrity to stand up there and take pictures with everybody. So that's one way that we can use our purpose or the thought of how is this going to increase our aggregation of marginal gains in order to help us guide decisions. All right, finally. The final strategy is one that came from Ben Bergeron again, and I think he got it from somewhere else, and I meant to look it up, and I forgot, but I think it's a book about um, entrepreneurs and designed around all of these different, um, instead of really assessing decisions, it's more around assessing opportunities, right? So sometimes we are presented with an opportunity very similarly to the one that I just used as an example, but sometimes we're presented with an opportunity And we have to be able to assess which um, side of that opportunity we're going to fall on. Same kind of decision, right? We either do or do not, but the assessment might be a little bit more involved. And again, these, all of these different strategies, all these different assessments are designed in order to help you come up with the answer without too much outside influence. So the fifth strategy is called GWC. That stands for get it, want it, capacity to do it. So we're looking at a particular opportunity and we're saying, is it worth our time, effort, money, manpower, etc. to undertake this opportunity? Is this a good decision for us? And what we do is we're going to look at it and we're going to say, all right, GWC, do we get it? Do we understand the opportunity? Do we understand what it it is in its very nature? What we plan to gain from it? What the cost is going to be? Why is it important, right? Do we get it? Do we want it? Is this even something that we want to do? Maybe it isn't something that we want to do. And then the decision becomes very easy. But is it something that we want to do? And then finally, do we even have the capacity to do it? So this comes up oftentimes. um, Let's keep with the gym examples. This comes up oftentimes at the gym when we're talking about um, hosting local CrossFit competitions. 
This is an opportunity that is always available to us. We could always host a local competition. And for other various reasons, we've never done it because we always come back to this opportunity assessment of GWC and we look at, do we get it? Do we understand what local competitions are? Yes. Do we understand what it, the costs are to put them on? Yes. Do we understand what the facility needs are, the manpowers, etc.? Yes, we get it. We've been around the scene enough. We've done enough of these local competitions. We've thought about them. We've assessed them. We've put them together. We get it, right? Do we want it? Sure. It would be nice to host a local competition. Do we want to do that? Yeah, it's nice to bring other people into the gym. It's nice to share our community with other people. It's nice to share our facility with other people. It would be something that we would want to do. Which brings us to the third prong. Do we have the capacity to do it? And every time we go through this exercise, every time we sit down and think, ooh, maybe this could be our opportunity to host a local competition, we get to the third prong, do we have the capacity to do it? And the answer always comes up, no. Yes, we have the manpower to do it. Yes, we have technically the space to do it. The problem is that our space at Industrial Athletics is not set up to host a local competition. It's just not. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, you just kind of have to come here to see it. But a traditional CrossFit gym is literally a square, a box, a rectangle. That's why they're called boxes. We are not. And so therefore, it makes it very difficult to host a local competition in our location because we just don't have the capacity, i.e. the location, i.e. the setup, to host. So we use this in order to determine the decision. Do we or do we not host a local competition? We can go through all of the other strategies that we've talked to, to through thus far, and we could all answer them in the positives as yes, we should, yes, we should, yes, we should. And then we get down to number five and we go through the GWC and we get to capacity and the answer always ends up no. This has nothing to do with outside influence. This has nothing to do with people coming in and saying, you should really host a local competition or another company coming in and saying, we'll give you money if you'll host a local competition. That would all be well and good, but when we assess the opportunity, we realize we can't do it. And you can use these strategies to help yourself make those types of decisions. Do you want that new job? Well, if you go down through the list here of the strategies, so number one, um, is it going to impact your health? I mean, there, you could look at that decision as a new job. Is this new job going to require you to work 80-hour work weeks? That could impact your health. Number two, how will the decision impact your happiness? A new job could make you happier. Great, let's keep going. Which option aligns with your core values? Okay, well, this new job is potentially going to help you live uh, or live out your core values or, or aligns with your core values. Okay, moving down. Is it going to improve your life by 1%? Potentially, we could look talk about a number of different factors in which it could improve your life by 1%. So we get to number five, GWC. Do you get the new job? Um, do you understand it? Uh, do you understand? Do you know what goes into the new job? Yes, good, okay. Is this something that you want? Potentially, um, yes, because otherwise you wouldn't be looking for a new job if you didn't want the new job. And finally, do you have the capacity to do it? Right? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. 
Maybe you don't have the education, the background, the certifications in order to get this new job. And so that makes your decision right there. Nope, you don't get the new job. You don't go for it because you don't have the background needed to get the new job. I got a little bit on a tangent there. I talked for way too long. Thank you all for continuing to listen. Um, I hope that these five different strategies for assessing decisions are something that you can apply in your life to help you make those decisions, those hard decisions, hard or easy decision. Um, do I want ice cream tonight? Is it going to make me healthier? I don't know. All right. <laughs> I would say that mint chocolate chips probably going to make me pretty healthy. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, but you can go down through this list and use it to help you make decisions. So let's end with a quote, and then I'll call it, I'll call it uh, a time. All right. The quote this week comes from Plato. If you don't know Plato, he was one of the original um, Greek philosophers. He says, A good decision is based on knowledge and not on numbers. End quote. Seems pretty good to me. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Hope you love the show. We'll talk to you next time.